0: 548. Jerry struggled to get out of bed. But his body couldn't support his weight. Maggie's alarm startled him into semi awareness. From a thick fog, he heard Lisbon run down the stairs. He watched Maggie reflexively hit the snooze button without opening her eyes.
1: Darn.
2: Maggie? He knew what was coming next. Maggie! Hmm. Babe, can you let Lisbon out? What? Honey, I'm sick. Could you let Lisbon out today?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. What's wrong?
2: I feel terrible. I'm achy and tired. I just can't get up yet.
1: Mm, Poor baby. Oh, no, you're running a fever. I'll let Lisbon out, then I'll be back up with a nice warm cup of tea, okay?
2: Thanks, babe.
1: I'll be right back.
2: You have to be aware of the dangers involved.
3: If they find you out, they will try to turn you, Do you understand. Of course. We cannot accept failure here. This is a very important mission. If you are captured or turned and we'll have no choice but to terminate you. Is that clear?
2: Yes, sir. Of course he understands. Q and I have been working on Project 548 for a long time, sir.
3: They have ways to break even the strongest wills. There's no option for failure.
1: Jerry? Huh? Jerry, baby, wake up. What? I brought you some tea and soup, dear. You need to eat something.
0: Jerry's eyes adjusted. The shades in the bedroom were still drawn. The sun tried to find its way through them. He looked up at Maggie as she placed the steaming bowl of soup on his
2: nightstand. It was 11.16. Darn it all! I'm late for work! I I haven't even called him. I gotta get up and- And
1: it's already done, dear. I called them after you wouldn't wake up earlier.
2: My gosh! And, And what did they say?
1: Karen answered, and she said that she hoped you would get better soon. She also told me to tell you that the reviews went great, and she can't wait to share her notes with you.
2: I bet she does. And what about you? Shouldn't you be at work?
1: I took the day off. With the kind of fever you're running, someone needs to watch over you. If you want, I could call Dr. Zemir.
2: No, no, I'll be fine. I just need some rest.
1: Mm, Poor thing. Drink your tea. You need to get all the fluids you can.
2: I know. Thank you, dear.
1: Eat as much of the soup as you can. It should settle your stomach a little.
0: Jerry watched as Maggie stood by the door. She waited for him to taste the soup.
1: I'll be back in an hour or so to check on you. Do you need anything else in the meantime? Magazines, the paper. I could turn the radio on for you. No!
2: Please! It's not necessary, really.
1: Before you go back to sleep, I I want you to eat some soup and drink some tea. Do you understand me, Mr. Maggard?
2: Yes, dear.
0: Slowly, he found himself falling back into sleep.
1: What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Oh, look, this is serious. He's changing. Well, that's easy for you to say. You don't share a bed with him. Not until tomorrow? What am I supposed to do until then? Oh, of course. Take your time. Not like anyone's in real danger. Fine, I'll go check. No, he's out. You need to hurry. I'm trusting you guys on this. Just get it done, okay?
0: Jerry slowly woke from his lucid sleep. It was 4.31. As he gained awareness, he noted the added weight of someone else on the bed. He turned over to see Michael staring at the television.
1: Hi, Daddy. Mommy said you're sick.
2: Yeah, I am.
1: When I was sick, I threw up a lot.
2: I remember.
1: I'm watching TV. Want to watch with me?
2: Sure.
0: As he looked to the television, on the screen was a lime-green bear wearing a cook's apron, hammering violently at cloves of garlic much to the delight of three ethnically-diverse children. The kids cheered him on as he reduced the garlic to pummeled bits. Jerry's stomach felt queasy. The North African vulture can consume up to 80% of its body mass and rotting animal flesh per day, here we see the creatures feeding on a freshly dead Makalao tribesman. Michael flipped through a dozen or more channels.
3: Come on down to Rinky Danks for half-off Tuesdays. Kids under 11 eat free. Right off Route 32 next to Sally Mae's Nut Emporium. In the Nut District.
0: Amateur videos of a variety of accidents. Bruce Grimley went out for a ride. But Greg didn't see the oncoming line. Bruce yelled to Greg, look out, up ahead. But over they went. Greg and Bruce are now dead. How are you feeling, Mrs. Pedalink? Oh oh my, I don't know. Game shows well, where elderly women want new gold cards. Oh my god, oh my god, you want a new gold card! Oh my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh my Images of sobbing mothers clutching the limp bodies of their children next to the burnt-out crater where once their home had stood. Yet never once did Michael's face acknowledge the strange, and violent imagery. After last year's awkward performance at the BTV Music Awards, Miss Swords went into seclusion. Little Michael boy, she showed
2: up at the Luisa County Fair. Michael, her new pursuit.
0: Celebrities and their She's debauchery as public leader. sport. <laughs> the starving children of orphaned mothers. A small white new cars. Oh God, oh Talking God. bears. What are you doing? The famished images diminished in contrast to the growing weight of Jerry's body. The bedroom was becoming one with his vertebrae.
2: Michael, shut the TV off, please.
0: Michael turned to his father. He looked through him to some dead space beyond the room. Though his expression was blank, an intense understanding lay in the child's eyes. Michael continued to ignore his father's pleas.
2: Turn it off! Turn it off, now!
1: What's going on in here? Turn it off! Jerry? Turn it off! Terry. are you alright? Are you (coughs) alright?
2: Just give me a minute.
1: Just let me know. I'll be right out here for you, honey.
0: Slowly, things began to come back into focus. He rested his head on the toilet seat. 5.48 (sighs) Jerry shivered. The bedroom was unusually cold. He turned to Maggie's side of the bed. She wasn't there. He looked around the room. He was alone. Entering the kitchen... Jerry instinctively looked to Bill's house. There were still no signs of life. He moved closer to the window to get a better look of Bill's lawn. The grass had grown wild, standing nearly knee-high. Jerry took a step back when... a light turned on in Bill's bedroom. Jerry's eyes widened. The hair on his arms stood in chilly bristles. He strained to find form in the light... Suddenly, they turned off. Jerry backed away from the window. Never could just mind your own goddamn business, could you, bud? The voice was unmistakable.
2: Bill? Where have you been?
0: Always with the questions, aren't you? You're a peep and a creep, Jerry.
3: You should have minded your own business. Now others have to mind it for you.
0: From the corner of his eye, Jerry saw the gun in Bill's left hand.
2: Bill? What are you doing? Look, why don't we just talk about... 548.
0: The room was warm, just as he remembered it. Looking over, he found Maggie lying next to him. Jerry looked out of the kitchen window. As it had been for the last couple weeks, Bill's house remained lifeless.
1: I didn't expect to see you up and about after last night. How are you feeling?
2: Weird, but a lot better.
1: Weird, huh? How so?
2: I had some strange sleep took me a while to realize I had woken up.
1: Do you even remember passing out in the bathroom last night?
2: No, not really. I remember running to the toilet and then... Well, then I guess I lost myself.
1: I'd say. I pretty much had to drag your head off the toilet seat and put you in bed. I fed you a couple hours after that, but you were still fairly out of it.
2: Thanks for helping me out, Meg. I'm definitely feeling more like myself today.
1: Good to hear it, baby. I was really starting to get worried. If it wouldn't have been for your fever going down, I would have called Dr. Zemir.
2: I just needed the sleep. I'm much better now. Jerry passed a glance over to his wife. She seemed nervous.
1: Did you say something?
2: No. Why?
1: Huh. I just thought I heard you mumble something. Never mind. Just forget about it. I'm going up to shower.
2: All right, Megs.
0: The day brought small curiosities to Jerry's thoughts. He looked at Bill's lawn. It wasn't as feral as the lawn in his dream, but it had become quite shaggy with splotchy patches of weeds. Just looking at it seemed to drain the purpose of his own mowing. Around six, he lit the grill. From the deck, he watched as Maggie went about the kitchen, looking confused as she made her infamous potato salad. She made that same dish for every barbecuing event. All those years. All those potlucks. Cookouts and reunions. And never once did it occur to him to tell her how much he disliked it. He wondered for a moment why he hadn't. Should he? Would it matter anyway? She had hardly batted an eyelash when he commented on the casserole.
1: Would you like a beer, honey?
0: Sure. That sounds great.
1: Be right back.
0: Beyond the kitchen he saw Michael, sitting Indian-style and staring at the TV. Jerry strained to see what had him so rapt. He seemed engaged in what looked like an infomercial.
1: Here you go. Thanks. You never told me how the reviews went.
2: Terrible. I don't remember much beyond the fact that I got violently ill towards the end of him.
1: Poor thing. You were horribly sick yesterday. I don't think I ever remember you having to take a sick day.
2: I hope I never have to again. Jerry
0: again looked at his son. There was something in the way Michael watched the TV that unnerved him.
1: How long till the grill's ready?
0: Five minutes at most.
1: I'll go grab the burgers.
0: Dinner went by without much in the form of conversation. It almost seemed if Maggie and Michael were purposely avoiding him. He watched the way they ate, their eyes never leaving the attention of their food. All done, honey? Yeah, thanks.
1: Come on, Michael, bring your plate.
0: Jerry watched them from the kitchen. Maggie and Michael were singularly focused on a movie, again too focused to notice his absence. Every once and again, they would throw a sideways glance his way. Jerry watched them for almost twenty minutes. He couldn't help but feel resentment.
1: You want to join us?
0: Though she waved for him to come over, he could tell she didn't mean it.
1: No thanks.
2: It's tempting, but I think I'll go do some work in the garage.
1: Okay.
0: Jerry looked at his watch. It was 10:37. Maggie and Michael should be asleep by now, he thought. He strained to listen through the door. He counted down the seconds of silence. Something wasn't right. Jerry grabbed the hammer from the workbench and quietly made his way into the
2: house. "Phil?" "Hey, Jerry." How's it going? Phil, what are you doing here?
3: Oh, yeah, probably does seem a little strange, huh? Mm, you could say that. <laughs> so, uh, why are you here? Oh, you know, I just wanted to see if you were uh filling up to a little
2: racquetball. It's a quarter to eleven, Phil. The gym's closed.
3: <laughs> oh, Jerry, that was a joke. He's up, old man.
2: In all honesty,
3: um, Maggie called Judy and told her you were feeling a bit under the weather. So, you know, I thought I'd come by and try to pick you up. So, how you doing?
2: Better, thanks. Look, Phil, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but it's pretty late and I need to get Hey, hey, hey,
3: say no more. A sick man needs his rest. Just wanted to be a good friend is all. So, um, what about Tomorrow?
0: Jerry noticed
2: Phil reaching for his racquetball bag. You brought your racquet with you? Did you really think I would say yes to a racquetball game at this hour?
3: Hey, you never know. It's always worth a shot. Hey, you know me. Once I get into something, I just can't let it go.
2: That's pretty damn strange, Phil, even for you.
0: Phil began to unzip the bag. <laughs>
2: I'm just cuckoo for racquetball. I wouldn't
3: be satisfied until I beat you. Phil, what's in the bag?
2: My, my. Paranoid much?
0: Phil reached
2: into the bag. You didn't come here to play racquetball, did you? Why else would I come over here, Jerry? To shoot the
3: breeze?
0: Jerry raised his hammer.
2: Phil, please... Take your hand out of the bag, slowly.
3: (laughs) You sure are a nervous fellow there, Jerry.
2: I'm only going to say this one more time. Get your damn dirty hand out of that damn dirty bag right now.
0: Phil's eyes shifted around the room. He settled them on the hammer in Jerry's hand.
3: What are you doing with the hammer, old friend? Are you really thinking about beaning my head in? Come on with that. What would your wife say about all this?
0: Phil's hand clenched onto something in the bag.
3: It might make things a little awkward at the next potluck, don't you think?
0: Phil's elbow flexed. Jerry couldn't quite make out what he was withdrawing.
3: You know what, Jerry? I think you should... Ow! God damn it!
0: The hammer hit Phil square in the forehead. He fell backwards on the floor. Jerry watched to see if he moved. Phil lay face down on the carpet. Jerry leaned forward. hi Jerry's shoulder spasmed from a sharp pain. He looked down to see three inches of a syringe dart stuck into his clavicle. Phil again took aim. The syringe had went deep into the bone. Jerry felt a warmth course from the wound inward. He yanked the shot out. Before Jerry could think, Phil was back to his feet. Jerry doubled over. Phil threw another punch. This time Jerry was quicker. He jabbed the middle and index finger into Phil's left eye. Ah! Jerry used his momentum to push Phil over. <laughs> to the position was short lived.
3: You might beat me at racquetball, Jerry, old pal, but you're, you're out of shape.
0: Phil rolled him over, putting his hands around Jerry's. <laughs> Get
3: back, Jerry! That's you choking to death. I told you I have a
2: tremendous grip.
0: Bill's weight was crushing the air out of him as two thumbs pushed hard on his throat.
2: <laughs>
0: Jerry's numb arms desperately flared to find something. You've been a pain
3: in my butt for too long now. I'm sick of your overcooked burgers and your lame jokes.
0: Jerry's rule was growing dark. The tips of his fingers tingled then tightened. Ah! Jerry struggled to regain his breath. His body ached from the memory of the he He slowly raised himself off of his elbow. His head was dizzy from the slight amount of sedative that had found its way into his bloodstream. There, lying at the foot of the recliner, he was Phil. The end of the hammer
2: embedded an inch into his temple. You know what, Phil? I always hated your stupid parties. And your wife's an incredible bore.
0: Phil's eyes were open, but unfocused as they fumbled around their sockets, blindly staring at nothing. Jerry regained his breath. Jerry crawled over to the shuddering body. He removed the hammer. Jerry watched as Phil's eyes rolled around in fits. He took
2: a deep breath. Let's see how good my serve is now, shall we?
0: Jerry had been staring at the body for over an hour. His emotions had shifted from intense rage to the elation of survival, then to panic. Now all that was left was the bewildered exhaustion. He put his head into his hands. What now? Well, well. Looks like you got yourself a bit of a mess, bud. Jerry didn't have the energy to turn around. He didn't even have the energy to believe that any of it was real. Come on, Jerry, get up. I didn't come back just so I could do all the heavy lifting. Skeptical and weary, Jerry shrugged and turned around.
2: I guess. I guess I could use some advice, Bill.
0: Hey, what are neighbors for?